27 weeks. And even doing that, we will not be able to do justice for all the amazing things that go on in the book of Acts. Acts is the sequel book written by Luke, who wrote a gospel. And then he's going to write the sequel, what happens after Jesus. And we see a window into the early church when the church begins, how they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, and how they did uh, lived out the kingdom of God in this messianic age, in the age of Jesus. Today is going to be a pivotal study. Uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2 today. And this is, uh, I call this the new covenant because here so much is fulfilled uh, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Um, what I want to do, and I've debated doing this just for time's sake, but I really want to do this because I want to make this really fun, and I want us to dig into this narrative, and I, I want us to, uh, to, to, to see it, to live it, to smell it, to, to sing it. And when I say sing it, there is this play that I introduced last week, the Upside Down play. Uh, and it's such an amazing show, and, and we watched some as a family this, this, uh, this week, and I remember as a kid, when I first saw this play, I was 11 years old, and it, it had such an impact on me because it made the Bible really come to life. And uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to watch six minutes here that is the, uh, they're going to show us the day of Pentecost in this play. Now, I'm giving us the new updated version. Last week, we did the 1987 version. This is the 2016 version, all right? So the, the, the quality of the video is a little better. You'll be able to see, actually see people and see faces. And uh, uh, some of us saw this live in uh, St. Louis. Uh, who got to see this show in St. Louis? Any of us there? Just, just, just us? No, you didn't see it? Okay. Well, I guess. Well, I'm going to introduce this. And I'm kind of hoping it whets your appetite. like, man, I want to see this whole thing. You saw it, right? The original one in 87? Oh, Kristen did the costumes. Tell me why Jesus is wearing a watch in the first one. In the 87, for it is. In the, in the 87 version, you watch it, it's like Jesus has a watch on. That wasn't your fault, though, Kristen, I'm sure it was. Um, that first century watch. Okay. All right, so what we're going to watch, this is, this, and we're going to watch six minutes here and watch three minutes at the end of the sermon. Huh? You're stretching it. Okay, here we go. Y'all quit trying to make sense of that. All right, here we go. Here we go. So this is, this is the day of Pentecost. Uh, their, their visual, the musical, upside down. Let's, uh, let's have fun with this. Jesus has just ascended into heaven. He has risen from the darkness. He has driven out the darkness. He is the
beginning, our God hovered o'er the earth. Out of the dust, he made man and invented birth. Out of man's rib, he created a friend. Enter the devil, inventor of sin. For the transgression, God prepared his son, a way of salvation for everyone. Drunk. It's only nine in the morning. <laughs> Even the Romans are sober <laughs> at nine in the morning. <laughs> This is what he said would come without a warning, would come in the morning of our new No, we're not drunk, we're just filled with a new understanding. What you see and you hear, the prophets made certainly clear. There's no need to fear it, it's Jehovah's Spirit. Believe that Jesus did wonders again and again. But for our betrayal, he died for our sin. But God made him perfect with power to save. He's risen again, he's not in the grave. Now all of you here who believe in the law and the prophets, now it's time for your part. And if you believe in your heart, repent of your sins, you can be born again. Be baptized, be baptized. Will he forgive my sins? Yes, they'll be washed away. Can I be born again? And get a new life today? Don't walk away, friend. Christ will make you all whole. What's the matter with you? Why are you looking so strange? Are you scared of the water? Are you scared of the change? In the name of the Spirit and the Father and Son, come down to the water. You have only begun. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God. So do I. Can take the first step on a truth that will lead you to mountains of glory you never dreamed true. Angelic rejoicing with anthems of lightning, transforming the old into new. What about my life? You can have a new start. What about my dreams? Will they follow your heart? What about my friends? Can you turn out to die? What about my fears? Don't be too scared to try. 
Anna? Baptize me, Abba. Do you believe in him? With all my heart. Jesus is born. I remember the day you were born. Holding you in my hands. You were so small. And now, my child, you will be born again. Is it a custom of you Jews to drown your children? <laughs> Sir, we're here today fulfilling a very Wait! What is your name? Peter. Do you think you can explain to me what you're doing here in a way that I can understand it? <laughs> Peter can explain it better than you want to understand it. <laughs> and who are you? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then it goes on. I thought you just want to watch it now, don't you? Oh, what a great depiction of this wonderful day of Pentecost, when the church begins. And that's what we're looking at here in Acts chapter 2. Let's open our Bibles, or you can look on the screen here. We're going to read in Acts chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 1, the day of Pentecost. And what are we trying to do? We're going to let the story teach us. We're going to let the story inspire us. And of course, let's invite the story in to change our lives. Amen? So we're going to look at the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. The Hebrew name of this festival is Shavuot, or Shavuot, how you would say it, Shavuot. Can you say that? Shavuot. One more time, Shavuot. That's the Hebrew way of saying the festival. It's a Jewish festival held on the 6th, the 7th of Sivan, the month, the Hebrew month, 50 days after the second day of Passover. So here we are in Deuteronomy 16. Before we get to Acts chapter 2, this is the festival given to the Jews. They count off seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain. Then celebrate the festival of weeks, Shavuot, to the Lord your God by giving a free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. And rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites and your towns and the foreigners, the fatherless and the widows living among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. This is great. This is Pentecost where Jews from all around the area have come to gather to celebrate. It's a festival. It's a happy time. It's a time of harvest. Right after Passover is the, very, is the first fruits of the harvest. That's usually the barley harvest. And that's kind of the poor man's grain. So the day after Passover would be uh, the day or two after Passover. You're giving these barley offerings. And it's, it's interesting to think that Jesus is risen on this this time. He's kind of the, he's the poor man's, uh, he's, he's the regular man's sacrifice. He's this, this, uh, this offering, this first fruits offering. But on, on the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, it's the, it's the wheat harvest. So you're bringing in the wheat harvest. You're bringing in the best of the grain. This is when this is happening. So they're gathered together in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Verse 1 Acts chapter 2. They were all together in one place. 
Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw it seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came to w- together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own native languages? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and he goes on and on. Verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. They're just drunk. So we see that here in the, in the, uh, in the rendition there in Upside Down. So what is going on? So can you imagine being in Jerusalem uh, on this amazing day? And there's this earthquake. There's this shaking and thunderous sound coming out of heaven. Wouldn't that wake everybody up? Scare you just a little bit? What's happening? What's going on? And somehow, some way, fire comes down out of the sky, fire, and rests on the apostles. Can you imagine being an apostle at this moment? Whoa, whoa! I mean, I want to rewind this tape and watch it in heaven one day. Because it's hard to even imagine and envision this visible tangible outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. And God has revealed himself in fire many times throughout the Bible, right? The burning bush and so many others. But now the apostles are illuminated and they speak. They speak in other tongues. Glossa. Oh, what was this? It was a miracle. They're speaking other languages. And it's not even just like you would show up and learn a foreign language. Like you wouldn't just, you know, go to Korea and show up and can speak Korean or go to China and speak Mandarin or whatever it would be. But, but it would be like somebody from China coming to America and maybe they would show up in my hometown in Thomasville, Georgia and not only know English but would speak with a southern drawl. How y'all doing down here? <laughs> And you would go, how is this person from China not only knowing English, but know how we speak? It's that type of miracle. It's so amazing. People, and you could think, okay, are they, they are speaking other tongues, but also it just as they hear them. And we're going to talk about that. They hear them in their own native tongues. Why? Because Jesus wanted them to understand the message. He wanted them to understand the message. Let's keep reading here. What goes on? Uh, Peter. Peter stands up with the 11. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he's going to go and quote from the prophecy in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit on all people 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Here is this great day of the Lord. And Peter is saying, guys, it's happening today. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. And what does Peter preach on? He preaches exactly what Jesus told him to preach. When Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, Matthew 16. I'm going to build my church. Peter's been given these keys. He's been spoken to and instructed by Jesus. And Jesus is, and Peter is going to preach the first, very first gospel sermon, the good news of salvation through Jesus. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So he's preaching what? He's preaching Jesus as Messiah, as Lord. Jesus being put to death on the cross, the sacrificial lamb that we are responsible for. But Jesus raised from the dead. Overcoming death. Overcoming the cursing, the curses of the cross. And then Peter is going to speak a lot about King David. Because King David is a foreshadow, a sign of who Jesus would be. Coming out of the shoot of Jesse. To bring salvation, to be the king. But David was just foreshadowing Jesus. And he he goes on to preach about David, talk about David. But he says, David's dead. David died. But Jesus lives. We have seen him. Verse 32, God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. David did not ascend into heaven. Yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, after all this, let all Israel be assured of this. So what's all this leading up to? What's the main truth? What's the message? God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. Bam. Drop the mic. God has made Jesus King, Lord, Messiah, 
priest. Fulfillment of everything we see in the Old Testament scripture is Jesus. And we killed him. Crucified him. And he is now Lord. He is risen. He's Lord of all things. And he is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, to come and take away the sins of the, of the world. That's the message. Let's just keep going. The people heard this. They were cut to the heart. Now, I think even stopping there for a moment is very important. That this has never just been a knowledge thing. It's never just been a, a mental understanding, although that's essential and important. But it went about 10 to 12 inches down here. Now, to our soul, to the heart, what have we done? A humility. A humility. They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What an amazing day. What a supernatural event. The culmination of so many things that God has put together for this one moment where Jesus had prepared them and left them and then pours out his spirit and ushers in this new covenant. And that's what I want us to see here today. As we see the promises given, we see, we see that Peter's instruction is, hey, come to this belief, come to this understanding this faith in who Jesus Christ is. And this is still this promise for us today. He says, for all who are far off. And yes, that meant the Gentiles. And yes, that meant all men and women of all time that would come after this. He said to repent. You got to change. You got to change. You got to change from your way of doing things to do God's way of things. Your way of thinking to do God's way of thinking. To embrace Jesus and his truth in your life. Repent and be baptized. The makvahs, the, the priestly washing uh, little pools that were right there in front of the temple. So many of them. They were just there a few months ago. Remember I stole a little piece of tile from one of those things. I didn't steal it. I borrowed it. It's in my office. Anyway, um, because that's where all this happened. And I want a little, little piece of that. Well, we all can have a piece of that, right, in our hearts. Because we share in this. 3,000 were baptized in this new promise. He said, what did they receive? He says, the, 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 a forgiveness. Forgiveness. Look how powerful forgiveness is. The burden of guilt and shame in our lives. And Jesus is the only one who truly can take it away. To forgive us completely. To wipe that slate clean. A promise of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God dwelling in us. 
God himself dwelling in our lives. That's what we're created for, guys. We're created to be in fellowship with our creator. We're created to walk in the garden with God. And without Jesus, we couldn't have this fellowship anymore. We couldn't have the Holy Spirit of God housed in our lives. Jesus says, you, I, us, we can have fellowship again. We can have God's Holy Spirit. And he creates community. A new kingdom. A new way of doing things. A new people. Ushering in a new king. Jesus Christ and his people living in love together. This is the church. This is the church. In Exodus 19, we see the first covenant given. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. What mountain is it? Mount Sinai. Remember this? Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in what? Fire. The smoke billowed up from it and the smoke from the furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. Does this sound a little bit familiar? What is going on? Jesus is giving us our new Sinai moment. Acts 2 parallels and completely echoes what happened on Mount Sinai. You see, the Jews had figured it out. That the, the festival, the Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, not only was a, a festival of gathering the first fruits, but it was celebrating Moses receiving the word of God on Sinai because they figured out, okay, it took them 10 days to get to the mountain, and then how long did Moses spend on the mountain? 40 days, 40 plus 10 is what? And how many days after Passover? When was the first Passover in Egypt? So Pentecost also celebrates the giving of Torah, the first covenant. Now we're going to have a new covenant. And this is so cool. You're going to get some goosebumps. All right, y'all ready? Sinai and Pentecost. Look at these parallels. And there are probably many, many more. So you got two mountains, Mount Sinai. Now we're on Mount Zion. At Sinai, Moses spent how many days with God? 40 days with God. Remember Acts chapter 1, Jesus came and spoke for how many days to the apostles? 40 days. Do you think that's a coincidence? No, it's not. It's in the text. God descended with fire. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends with fire. Thunder. This is very interesting. I just learned this from, uh, from Marty Solomon, a great uh, Old Testament teacher. Great, yeah, the Bema podcast. Anyway, I didn't know this. But in, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, do you know what the word is for thunder? It's glossa, which is the same, this is the Greek word that we use for tongues. Ooh, isn't that cool? 
I love this stuff, man. Don't you love the Bible? It's, a, it's awesome. Okay, and, and Sinai, he's going to establish a temple, right? It's the tabernacle. And he's got all these instructions on how to build the tabernacle and build the tabernacle. And also at Pentecost, we're going to build the temple, which is what? The church, the people. And we are those living stones. Oh, okay. Now this is kind of cool and eerie all at the same time. 3,000. Exodus 32. There were some bad things that happened at Sinai. Remember that? The golden calf, remember all that debacle? Moses saw the people running wild. Aaron led them. Aaron had let them get out of control, and they become a laughing stock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, this is Moses, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, killing his brother and friend and neighbor. This just makes me pretty uncomfortable. How about you? This is terrible. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. How many are saved at Pentecost? Is God making a point? The redemption of Israel? The new covenant? Is this redemption that happened? He's free. Everything's being fulfilled. Even those who were condemned, the 3,000 that were condemned at Sinai, salvation is coming now in the new covenant. That kind of thinks to me a little bit how Paul talks about how the law, how the law brought death. But how the grace of God brought life. The law taught him these things. So it kind of shows you the judgment and the grace, this tension is going on, and we see the fulfillment of this new covenant. Isn't this such cool stuff? This new covenant that we have in Christ. And this should give us so much faith in God's story, in God's narrative, in the Holy Scriptures, and in the prophets and the New Testament and Jesus and the apostles. Let it teach us. Let it build our faith, this new covenant we get to live in. Let's let the story inspire us. You're about to be more inspired? Let's look at this. Deuteronomy 24. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over to the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over to the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is what I commanded you to do. Why to do this? You know, celebrating the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, you would bring your your sacrifice, but a big, huge part of this festival was to give to the needy. And you wouldn't plow the edges of your field, and you leave so much, and you would give to those who had need, and it was a huge part of, the, of Pentecost, of this great celebration. And so if we are, if, if Pentecost is our new covenant, and we're to celebrate this, this new harvest with God, if we're to celebrate this here at Pentecost, what what do we see? What do we see happen here 
at the end of Pentecost, what do we see happen? What did the Christians do after they were baptized? 42, they devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayer. Everyone was filled with all the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together, glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. They are celebrating Pentecost. They are taking care of one another. You see, the church is this great Pentecost celebration in Christ. Who are we to be? He's ushering in this new covenant, this, this kingdom we live in. Well, what do we do when we receive this great gift? Well, we need to be Pentecostal. And I don't mean that means we need to speak all these other languages, but we need to take care of each other and be unified together. This is a great unifying moment. What the kingdom does, what this covenant does, is it inspires us to lay down our lives and take care of each other, to love each other, and to not live selfishly. We see it all through the Old Testament, and we see it come to a culmination in Christ's church. Isn't that cool? Let the story change us. Genesis 11. What happens in Genesis 11? Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel. What a weird story. What a strange story. Still in this kind of prehistory time that we have given in the book of Moses, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They came to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we may be scattered all over the face of the whole world. So there's pride coming into humanity. The Lord came down to see the city the tower the people were building, the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from uh, there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Pentecost is going to flip this back around again, isn't it? Because they were building a kingdom for themselves, and they were doing a great job at it. It was impressive what they were doing. They could do so much. And finally, God said, I'm going to frustrate them, and they're not going to understand each other. But now, at Pentecost, Jesus says, I want everybody to understand. Every language and every culture and everybody, every dialect is going to hear the word clearly. Because it's time to build again. But not a kingdom for yourself, not a kingdom to bring glory to you, but it's time to build my kingdom. 
And I'm going to empower you. And you're going to speak the same language. And you're going to understand one another. And what is that language? That language is Jesus Christ. That language is the love of Jesus. I don't care what country or continent or culture you come from. You can speak that language in Jesus. This is Pentecost. This is God's church. And we're empowered. Look what Jesus... You can see, how do we hear them? We hear them speaking in our own language. They're hearing the language of Jesus. What did Jesus say? Let's remember as we close out here in Acts chapter 1. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift. And God was going to give them this gift, this gift of the Spirit that's going to unify them. You've got to understand, the Holy Spirit wants to unify God's people. To go on the attack against the devil's kingdom. He says, wait for the gift my father promised, which is you've heard me speak about. John baptized with water. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times, the dates, the father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit comes on you to do what? To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's going to be another scattering. As we saw in Acts 11, they were scattered, but a different type of scattering. A Holy Spirit-led scattering to unify all the world in Jesus Christ. Acts 2, the new covenant, the new kingdom. Let's look at this last video here. Mark's going to do the lights. Let's see how we should be feeling being commissioned by Jesus on this great mission to build up his kingdom. I've tried real hard for three long years to make myself believe this is before Pentecost. that it was right, the future bright, when he called you to lead. But it's over now. Don't let me hear one more of your complaints. And remember to... I knew both of you long before you were saints. Let me tell you something, Abby, and you best had say amen. Remember all the songs I taught you now. It's time to sing again. is filled with darkness and its fury isn't done but this is true i promise you the battle has been won i send you out like sheep into an angry lion's den and when you're overcome with fear remember where i've been i told you if they tore me down i'd rise up from the grave from upper room to empty tomb Keep singing and be brave And you must preach to all the world To each and every town To help them learn that they can turn The whole world upside down Lord, I see it now What you meant I'm ready, Lord To go anywhere To do anything I'm ready to die for you we can do this, Lord. With you, we can do anything. I can 
stand together and pray. Let's let this just close out the service. Um, Father in heaven, we come before you so grateful. So grateful for Jesus and we get to be in his kingdom. God, thank, thankful for this new covenant we have in Christ. God, empower us with your spirit just as you did the very first Christians. God, that we, we love you. We, we see this world as a mess. We know that our own lives are a mess without you, Father. God, we call upon you and your spirit to fill us and to empower us to carry this great message to all the world. God, uh, help us. We get so distracted. So distracted. Father, let us remember. Let us remember the call of Jesus. Let us remember the love of Jesus. God, bring us together in unity. In unity in the love of Christ to do your great work. Thank you, Lord, for this study today. Thank you how the word continues to live and has power today as it ever has, even more so needed in these times. We pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday, guys. Love you.